This is the Sunday Worship Podcast. Hello and welcome to worship. I'm Bethany Gibson from Territorial Headquarters and it's great to be with you. It's the 2nd of July, which means it's Founders Day. And in other words, it's our birthday. 158 years ago, William and Catherine Booth founded our movement. And today we want to focus on celebrating who we are, our vision, our values and our people. And that includes you. If you're listening, then I hope you feel you belong to the army. As a church and charity, we couldn't do what we do without church members, volunteers, employees and supporters. And we thank God that together we are able to shine light in dark places and help people find fullness of life with Jesus. Our speaker today is Captain Callum McKenna from William Booth College and his Bible message is based on Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for all that you have given to us. In this time together, we want to appreciate your blessings and generosity for all you have provided the Salvation Army in this territory and across the world. There are times when we take your blessings for granted and focus too little on the ways in which we are so fortunate. Teach us to be full of praise and to celebrate your wonders in all circumstances. We pray for those who don't have access to the same privileges we have in the United Kingdom and Ireland such as the safety to gather together in your name, financial resources and community opportunities. May you surround them with your guidance and love to protect them through difficult days. Lord, we come to you with open hearts, ready to be transformed to continue the work of the Salvation Army. You have a plan for each one of us guide and teach us to become all you want us to be. Let's share in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. I must have been about six or seven when I became aware of the mythical bearded man who seemed to bring Salvationists much joy. 
A portrait of him in a regal blue lion tamer's tunic hung at the back of the core hall at Wallace City, and it seemed he used to watch us as kids running around the hall, his beady eyes following our every move or misdemeanor. As I grew up, I learned that not only could the bearded man watch us, he could also speak and think as occasionally Salvationists in core councils would pointedly ask the question, what would the founder make of this? Usually in response to a piece of administration requested by headquarters, or the founder would be turning in his grave, usually in response to a diplomatic incident involving the homely cups. Founders of movements and founding stories are powerful things. We see this very clearly in those few verses we read earlier from Hebrews. There's a lot of mystery surrounding the book of Hebrews, but it's clear that it's a letter which is to and about some of the founding things and characters of our faith. There's some really weighty theology throughout Hebrews, but its writer wraps it up at the start of chapter 12, where we're picking up and says, Therefore, therefore, in light of everything I've just told you about our founding story and our founder, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I wonder what the man with the beard, William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, would have to say about these two verses of scripture. Firstly, I think he'd agree that we are indeed surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. In the previous chapter of Hebrews, the writer has listed a whole hall of fame of heroes of the faith, and he begins this final exhortation to his readers by reminding them of this. He's reminding them, and it echoes to us too, that we're not the first people to face the challenges of life, and that, in fact, there is a great host of people who've gone before, and indeed are surrounding us now and cheering us on. When we think of the founders of the Salvation Army, we sometimes think of our heroes as being William and Catherine or maybe George Scott Railton or Bramwell or Brangle or Cadman. But there are a whole range of other, perhaps less well-known people who are key to the Salvation Army's founding. In fact, the Salvation Army, in my view, owes its inception to Mr. and Mrs. Dent. Ever heard of them? Well, probably not. But it was Mr. and Mrs. Dent who lived in the same street as a teenage William Booth in Nottingham. They noticed him, a school dropout from a pretty dysfunctional family, and they invited him along to the local Methodist chapel. He accepted their invitation, rumour has it because he fancied their daughter, and there he found faith and his life, and our lives, were changed. You're listening to Salvationist Radio today ultimately because of Mr. and Mrs. Dent. Up and down the country, the Salvation Army today, on Founders Day, owes its foundations and ongoing witness to the countless and often nameless Mr. and Mrs. Dents, who are part of the great cloud of witnesses. Those who encourage, those who faithfully labour on in the gospel. Today, a great way to celebrate Founders Day would be for each of us to find someone who we could encourage and to thank, and to also to celebrate those who have encouraged us on our way. I think the founder would agree that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses.
I think he'd also shout amen to the cry from Hebrews to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The writer of Hebrews is reminding their audience that there's stuff that will trip us up and catch us out and stop us from being effective in our discipleship and mission. Whilst there is indeed a crowd that is cheering us on, the writer of Hebrews is warning us that there's also stuff that closes in on us and will be our downfall. It's not clear precisely what kind of sins the writer has in mind. Perhaps it's pride or ego or jealousy. But the language used here conjures up the image of an athlete who throws off their clothes, who rips away that which might entangle to reduce wind resistance and to run more effectively. The booths were certainly known for a Christianity that sought to remove that which might entangle, and they certainly tried to present religion without its trappings. If you take a wander around the east end of London today, you'll stumble across the sites of dance halls and theatres where early Salvationists found a natural stomping ground for proclaiming the gospel amongst the masses they wanted to reach, and whom they were frustrated that the established religion of the day didn't seem to be doing it for. The East London Observer, describing the Effingham Theatre which William had rented for evangelistic meetings, wrote on the 6th of April 1867, The boxes and stalls of the theatre were filled with as idle and dissolute set of characters as ever crossed a public place of worship. The Nonconformist magazine similarly wrote of the meetings in the theatre, Not a word was uttered by Booth that could be misconstrued. Not a doctrine was propounded that was beyond the comprehension of those to whom it was addressed. There was too much dramatic action, too much anecdotal matter to admit of its being considered dull. In other words, Booth was willing to strip back anything that might entangle or trip people up in being able to experience the gospel. In many ways, he was after a simple and straightforward kind of Christianity. It would be a great shame if the movement he founded would ever become stuck in its ways, entangled in trappings, or held on to things which didn't really matter. Booth would want us to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Why? Well, I think that comes in the next verse. So that we might run with perseverance the race set out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Yes, Booth would tell us to keep on going with perseverance, with our eyes fixed on Jesus. He'd tell us to persevere in our faith and in our mission. And he'd remind us that it is only possible if we fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. In 1886, the Salvation Army was really starting to take off and was seeing large amounts of numerical growth up and down the country. The founder stood up to address his soldiers at Exeter Hall on a Monday evening in June of that year and he told them something which might have sounded a little surprising. He said, If I did not think that the Lord was in this movement, I would have nothing more to do with it and much less would I ask you to carry on. In other words, the founder knew that the only way that we could carry on with this thing called the Salvation Army is if Jesus is centre and front of the whole thing. 
What a challenge that is for us today. Let's carry on living and loving and serving. Let's carry on proclaiming and nurturing and caring. Let's carry on fighting against evil and sin and injustice. But let us remember that we can only carry on if our eyes are fixed on Jesus. It's ultimately him who we are thanking and celebrating today. Let us be able to join with the founder in dedicating ourselves afresh this day by proclaiming, And now, hallelujah, the rest of my days shall gladly be spent in promoting his praise, who opened his bosom to pour out this sea of boundless salvation for you and for me.
thank you for joining us in worship today. Why not treat yourself to a slice of birthday cake? And while you're at it, consider who you could take the time to thank or encourage this week as we commit to another year of loving God and loving others as the Salvation Army.